On today's episode of The Breakaway, presented by Los Rios Community College District, Rob McAllister joins the podcast because Adam Moffitt didn't, couldn't make time for us. It was going to be both all three of us, but he couldn't make time for us. It's fine. It's, we're not, we're, our feelings aren't hurt. It's fine. Uh, and we talked to Rob about all kinds of good stuff. Western Conference preview. We talked tiers, early season, where we think teams are going to end up, and a little quick preview of San Diego uh, tomorrow. More of just in the grand scheme of things, how they're different but mostly a Western Conference preview. A lot of good stuff on this episode. I'm very excited to bring it to you. That's coming up on today's episode. Sacramento Republic FC fans, UC Davis Health is here to keep you in the game so you can score a healthier future. From adult and pediatric care to sports medicine and orthopedics, their providers focus on achieving better health for the very young to the young at heart. Find a doctor you connect with at any of their 17 primary care clinics throughout the region, including Davis, Sacramento, Folsom, Roseville, Rockland, and more. Learn how they can support you at choosehealth.ucdavis.edu. At Elk Grove Charter School, our students chase their dreams. Students advance at their own pace. EGCS offers flexible schedules, small class sizes, and accelerated learning in a fully accredited learning environment. We help students balance their academic goals while pursuing their passions in club sports, performing arts, entrepreneurship, and much more. Elk Grove Charter School is now enrolling. Learn more by going to egcs.egusd.net or give us a call at 916-714-1653. We're confident our students will astound you. All right, uh, Republic FC play-by-play man Rob McAllister is here. Good to see you, man, and uh, lots to talk about. Um, so let's dive right in, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, the Western Conference this year. I think last year you made a prediction of like, hey, this team's going to, you know, we, we made all these predictions. They turned out pretty accurate. At least yours were. I don't know about mine. I'm not <laughs> Who knows? I'm not, I'm not in that prediction business. But, uh, but I thought we would do it a little bit again and, and mostly focusing on the Western Conference um, obviously going into a game, San Diego loyal tomorrow, they already have two wins, uh, kind of a new coach, obviously Landon Donovan, no longer their head coach. So there's going to be some question marks around there, but what are your thoughts? Surprises? Like, who are you thinking maybe will make a jump up the table who we're not expecting? Yeah. Well, I mean, think, look, you're going to have eight teams in the playoffs this year, right? So that helps a couple of these teams maybe have an opportunity where they wouldn't have had one before. I think if you look at last year, the top five are San Diego, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Mexico, and Colorado Springs. Not necessarily in that order. But you're probably going to see that same five again this year. You know, I'd be surprised if someone jumps in there. I think New Mexico will be a stronger team. I think Colorado Springs actually takes a step back. I know they added Malik Foster, who we're well familiar with. They added Duke Qua, who's been here the last couple of seasons. Um but I think they've lost a little bit of that the firepower. I mean, they're still able to score late, and I think they have a really good uh, offense that they run, and they've got a good system. But I don't know if they're going to be as potent. I don't know if they can get it done defensively, and I think that's still going to be a big weak spot for them moving forward. But that's why we play 34. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. I think New Mexico is going to be sort of your sleeper team. I don't think a lot of people talk about them. They don't think about them, but I think they're going to be really good this year. And I think surprisingly – or unsurprisingly, I don't think Phoenix has it again. I, they they looked okay in the second week, and I think they, the score still shows 3 nothing. I mean, that's not good. And I just don't know if they have enough to get it done. Danny Trejo came over from Los Angeles, uh, LAFC, coming from Las Vegas. I think he's going to get them five wins on his own. I think he's that talented. 
But I don't know if they can go much further. I don't know if they'll be in the playoffs again this year. And what that does is open up a spot for a team like Oakland, team like Orange County, who I think are going to have better years. I think Oakland's going to be in the playoffs this year. They had a lot of international guys to a roster, bringing back some guys. Uh, they really made a nice run at the end of the season. And if you look at Orange County, they did sort of what they haven't typically done is they like to get younger and younger and then sell guys, and they've done really well at that. But this year, they sort of went back to what they did in 2021, which was add a lot of veteran guys. And they've got that this year, defensively and offensively. So you're adding some firepower. Milan Oloski had 22 goals last year, maybe the best finisher in the Western Conference. So I think you've got an interesting Western Conference here. And the surprises to me would ultimately be in Orange County making that leap. And then probably a, a surprise to say, me Phoenix not making that leap. It seems like it's a little bit tiered right now, or at least the way I see it, I guess. Um, which I surprisingly like the, the teams that I would put in the top tier, which is the teams that are in the top four right now, San Antonio, obviously returning champs, San Diego, Colorado, and Sacramento. That's kind of that tier a in Western conference, at least as of right now, then you have like this tier B, the five, really five through eight kind of teams. That's your new Mexico's your orange counties. And then from there, it's kind of, all right, who's going to fight for those last couple spots in the playoffs um, I just think the top four is quite a bit better than the other uh, eight teams in terms of just day in and day out. Maybe on one certain game, they can get beat, obviously, by any of those teams. That's what's great about the Western Conference. But it does feel like there is a little separation between these two groups. Um, and I think New Mexico maybe is maybe can make the case to be that fifth team and make that you know be that in that top tier, they might, might be that team added to that, that tier a in Western conference, but it does seem to me like they have, uh, they have some talent and you mentioned it's a little bit quieter, but I mean, do you see kind of the same way or are you thinking it's not as drastic? I think we'll see, but it seems like that's the way it is, the way it's played. I think that the core returners for each of these five clubs have, have sort of come back and they've added pieces. I think Sacramento's probably made, the biggest move in getting pieces. Colorado's done a lot of shifting around, actually, which has been sort of surprising. I mean, Elvis Amo is no longer there. I thought he was brilliant for them last year. Obviously, Haji Berry got sold off. Hader Hernandez is back there. So he, the, there are some great pieces there. And Malik is obviously healthy. That gives them some really good speed up top. But I think you look around this Western Conference, the one thing you do know is I think it is stronger overall. I don't think you're going to have those gaps. Uh, East Coast tend to have those gaps that we had last year the eastern conference really was plagued with a lot of the mls2 teams who really just use it as a a youth development league and the western conference you didn't really see that even with los angeles galaxy 2 they were a formidable team out there for many of the years but you are losing the tacoma types and so i think that's where the balance comes in it's going to be a tough game every single night this this year and i just think that for sacramento they're going to have to use their bench if they want to end up in the top spot and ultimately end up a trophy. I don't know if their goal is to end up number one the regular season. I think that's nice. I think ultimately they want to find a way that they can be healthy, clicking at the right time, and going into the postseason on a really good run for them so they can ultimately have the trophy at the end of the day. Made in the Shade Tent Rentals is your number one choice for tent rentals in Sacramento and throughout Northern California. From concerts and festivals to corporate events, 
outdoor dining to private special events, construction, manufacturing, or farming. Whenever you need shade, whatever the occasion, we've got you covered. Visit madeshade.com to inquire about options. That's M-A-D-E shade.com. Choosing the right health plan for you and your family is simple with Western Health Advantage. Their plans include wellness programs that put you in the game and on the field with ways to stay fit and healthy. Check out their affordable plans that have been keeping our community strong for over 25 years. Go online to westernhealth.com. That's westernhealth.com for more information. Well, we know the depth is is incredibly important, and especially in these next four games where Sacramento is playing arguably its toughest stretch of the year. You got San Diego, you got Louisville, Tampa Bay, Colorado, all teams that were in the top six last year. Um, and at a time where you're losing a guy like Luther Arsham and Zika Lewis going on international duty, which is great, great for them. Obviously, you, you'd never want to hold those guys back from the opportunity to represent their country. But it is come at a kind of a strange, strange time, and I know they'll be back for some of it. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see, and I think we're going to find out a lot about this Sacramento team in the next four weeks. Well, you're going to have this throughout the season, right? You're going to have injuries. You're going to have call-ups. You're going to have U.S. Open Cup. You're going to have other opportunities for guys to step in and make – plays and score goals when called upon. So I think this is a good opportunity. I think uh, Zico has shown that he's going to be a key member off the bench this year and potentially could earn himself into the starting 11. And I think Luther Archimed, if he can continue to progress and grow, he should be able to get to that eight to nine goals this year again. And I think this also offers an opportunity for a guy like Kekko to say, no, I'm, I should be back in that starting 11. So I'm okay with guys missing for this reason because I think they ultimately get better. I think there's a higher level of play. It moves faster. So when they come back here, they feel more confident. And for a guy like Luther Archimed, you want that confidence. I mean, Zico has over 30 appearances nationally for Bermuda. So I'm I'm not really worried about Zico and how he's going to come back and forth. But for Luther, he's still quite young. There's an opportunity for him to grow. So these are just as vital to me as having him in the game. So you've got to have opportunities for guys to come in and play could be Rafa Hadegi. It could be a lot of guys in those attacking midfielder roles that maybe aren't going to see some time unless there's opportunities given. And here's an opportunity that's going to be presented itself against a very good club. So why not make your mark against one of the best clubs in San Diego or the like? It could be whoever the next coming weeks. Uh, so this is this is a good opportunity for Sacramento. I think you look at what happened against Charleston. Now, look, Charleston's a top 10 team in the club in the in the USL now. That was not yeah. the case a year ago. They are vastly improved. That was a gritty draw. I will take that after going down 10 men. Obviously, they won all three points, but whatever, you move on. So you look at that performance, and you, you're moving that into the following weeks here. This has been a tough stretch. You go to the hardest places in the USL to play. That's at El Paso on the road. They're starting off slow, but still a difficult place to play. You get three points there. You get a draw on a very a gritty match with Charleston, a very good team, down a man. So you have to feel fairly good if you're Sacramento right now, and you're going to have a tough stretch. But this will give you a really good snapshot of maybe where you are and how you match up. As the year gets on, it's going to be a little bit easier for us in terms of schedule-wise, where these other clubs may be dealing with, maybe they have some depth issues, maybe they have some injuries, maybe they're just burnout, whatever, and they're going to be hitting some really tough stretches. So I think the schedule overall, while it seems daunting the first month and a half, it's going to play out down the road, hopefully in a really good place for Sacramento when it comes to the end of it. And it definitely helps that you have 17 returners. So it's guys who played together all last year. Obviously, there's many new faces that are in the 11, in the 18. But you have a lot of guys who played together. And I think the ability to be punched in the mouth like they were with that red card and getting a le- leading up a goal early in that match against Charleston and the ability to come back in the second game of the season, 
think shows a lot about the heart and the resiliency of this team. I know you guys talked about it on the broadcast on Saturday, but I mean, that's not an easy thing to do at all. It's you're down 10 men and to find a way scrap away and to pretty much outplay Charleston for 45 minutes in the second half uh, for the most part. Um, it, it was fantastic. And I think that they should be pretty much flying high. And Jacker, when I talked to him in the man of the match interview post game, I, I don't know if he was even that excited. Like he wasn't, that's how they are. They just, they, they aren't really, they don't take, they don't take draws well at all. They want to win. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. You're right. They are going to have an easier schedule down the road. This is a good spot though for Sacramento here in the next couple of weeks. Like we're going to find out, I think a lot about, you know, who, what the rotation is a little bit, obviously depth has been such a big thing that we've talked about in the off season. Um, but it's going to be interesting because I think seeing a guy like Cicerone and Sebastian Herrera, seeing those guys start to click, we've seen a couple times where guys have just been making runs and a guy is either offside because he's a little too early or um, missing a guy, making a run down the far side. Like there's a little things that aren't quite clicking yet, but it's the second game of the season. What do you expect? If they can get wins um, where they maybe aren't playing their best or at their peak, I think that's massive. And especially against a team like San Diego, that would be uh, massive to uh, to get some confidence, get some momentum heading into the coming weeks. Well, San Diego used to just possession you to death, right? And they really wanted to lull you in, and then they would break and try to get something. I think now they're going to move more guys up, and they're going to try to get that midfield line to be much higher and see if they can force turnovers and spring an attack. Well, it's worked well for two early games. Uh, let's see where those deficiencies are. And for Sacramento, this is sort of a, a way that Preck used to play is that Mark said during our call this week is that, look, we're not going to keep adjusting for teams anymore. We're playing the way we're going to play, and they're going to have to adjust to us. And that's, you know, it, it's some coaches love to tinker each and every week. Others don't like to do it. And so I think if you have the right personnel, you have confidence in your team, it's a good way to go. If you feel like you can come in and every single week and say, look, this is how we play. And there's no reason for us to try to do something different because we're playing a, a some of an opponent or they're a better opponent or they're a worse opponent, whatever that may be. So I think that also gets into some mentality where guys come in with the same mentality every week versus going, okay, we can kind of relax here because we're playing you know, whoever because they're at the bottom of the table. I think that you want to have this mentality going into every week that you're playing the top team in the conference. And this gives the Sacramento, I think, a good footprint moving forward throughout this season to see how this will play out and see whether or not this system is something that guys can play in or they can't. And I think we found out last year who could play in that really well. And so now it's time for some of the guys who maybe aren't in the 11 right now to say, hey, I'm going to be better in this system this year and I'm going to do it in these many ways. But at least every week they know they're going to be playing the system. And I think that gives your bench a lot more opportunity to come in and have success if you're not constantly tinkering. I want to mention too, um, I, I'm very interested to see what happens with San Antonio because they came in as the title favorites last year before the season, which I was really shocked by. Um, but then they played well all year, kind of dominated in the Western Conference, um, won the title, obviously. But it does seem like they play a style where teams could figure that out eventually and start to maybe tinker with how you play against them. I'm not saying Sacramento needs to do that against San Antonio, but I am curious to see how other teams play them this year. Specifically, they play Colorado uh, this weekend, tomorrow night. So it's going to be pretty fascinating. They drew with Loudon, a team that they never would have drew last year, in my opinion, although Loudon, a completely different team. They're in fourth right now with a win and a draw. So who knows? But, um, but I think San Antonio is a team that I think – 
we are going to learn a lot about. I think, they, at least in my opinion, just the way they play, it could leave them open to some sort of uh, vulnerabilities, especially eventually when you get into playoffs, single elimination, does that work in that style? I think teams are going to have a little more film on them. And, you know, teams around the world have played this same style and it's gotten figured out eventually. It's almost like, I think you were, were we on the phone talking about this? We might've been like the West coast system in college. I think you made this, this point. Well, the wildcat. Everyone wildcat, was obsessed with the wildcat. Yeah. 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 So, and the well, Tim Tebow, and it was going to be the future of the NFL and it didn't, you know, no longer, you still have some direct snaps. So yeah, I mean, essentially San Antonio is big, big and physical and they're going to just keep lofting balls over the top and try to break you down and get opportunities. And so, uh, I think a lot of the guys don't like that style, but you know what? It worked out well for them. And I'll tell you what, they get a lot of their back line and they get goals out of their back line. And there's a lot of confidence in San Antonio. And so, yeah. you know what? Let, you got to knock them off the top of the hill until you do. They're going to continue to play that way until you have that swagger. So you don't need to be that team. You don't need to identify as that style as that's what you want to do. But It'll be interesting to see who mimics you. I haven't, you haven't seen it quite yet. It's also, you have to have the right personnel for that. And they do. They have guys who can, you know, send deep balls over the top and they've got some pace, you know, at the top of the line there. So I think that you will find different styles the way that works for each club. And I just think it's going to be who, who executes better. And there you're going to have it. I think defensively, what gives us an edge against a lot of teams that we are still very good in that back line. You know, we give, we get a lot of credit to the Connor Donovans and Danny Vidiello and Jared Timmers and, of course, Shane Wheats and Lee Desmond when he comes back. But also to the amount of running and getting back to Dami Villadere and Jack Gerdu as well, as well as Arnold Lopez. I mean, this is a guy's mid holding midfielder. They have to all work together. And I think that when you just take, oh, it's just the three of them, I, that's not really fair. I think it's everybody collectively and when they're on the same page it's really hard to break down. And you hear from opposing coaches each and every week where Republic are really hard to break down. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, you talk about teams being the same year to year. That's what they were all year last year. And that's why, you know, bringing a guy back like Luis Felipe, who, you know, there was some concern, maybe he wouldn't come back, does come back, which is so massive, bringing him into that, that six, the defensive midfield role as a guy who also is good in attack. He's good aerially. He brings a lot to the table going forward as well is just so massive um so it's almost like at times you're not you're not beating the three in the back you're not beating the five in the back at times it's the six in the back with with Luis added to that that position as well so I agree I think it's going to be interesting I want to uh, quickly jump to um El Paso who Sacramento opened the season with beat them one nil then they lost to Colorado and then the Detroit they're own three at the bottom of the table then you have Phoenix Oakland Orange County so I, I, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, I'm not, not, I'm not a huge tier guy, but I already made this case earlier about the top tier. But is, is it just one tier below that, do you think? Like, are you at anywhere from 5 to 12? Those are all kind of in the same type of level? Or I know you mentioned No. no. I, I, so I think New Mexico's in that top tier. I think they're – Oh, you think so? Even, okay. I think they're better than Colorado Springs, honestly. I just think they're more complete wow. of a team. I think Colorado Springs, we still think about them as this three-headed monster. I don't think they're quite that anymore. I think Monterey Bay is going to be much improved this year. I think even though they haven't added a lot, they just they they finished the season well, and I think that you'll see that carry on. I think same with Oakland as well. They've added you know some of those international guys that if once they can start to gel and figure it out, they'll be much stronger. So it almost a team I'd rather play earlier in the year than later in the year. And then Orange County is adding you know Thomas Among who came from San Diego. 
and they've added some veteran pieces and other strikers around Milan Oloski we've talked about earlier. So you have some teams that are like right there. I don't know if RGV, your Phoenix, your El Pasos, those are the team in Las Vegas. They're probably in that third tier. And one of them's going to you know, have an opportunity to make a jump or maybe two of them. So that's why it's going to shake out. But I'll be hard pressed. And we were doing this in August 1st, whether that top five has really changed. And if one of those is not in the top five. So when you talk about Sacramento, San Antonio, San Diego, Colorado Springs and New Mexico. Are you in agreement that if you feel like one team could drop out from that top tier, it would be Colorado? Because that's how I feel just with all the talent they've lost. They brought in a lot of new faces. Um, I know Duke Lucroix had a pretty nice school goal the other day with a breakaway. Um, you know, there's questions, as we know, with Malik Foster. You know, he sometimes had trouble staying on the field uh, for long stretches. Are, is that? Do you feel like that's the team that potentially could drop out of that top five? Yeah, if they can score like they have late in games, earlier in games, I think they'll be more of a threat. But right now, I don't think they're as high as you would expect them to be. Uh, I think you're just basing it off history. And, you know, I think we talk a lot about in this club is 2022 is over. And I think we have to look at the rest of the conferences. It's not the same as it was last year. And pieces move. And sometimes you just get older and you're not the same players. And so – Things happen, and it takes a lot to ultimately make the playoffs and then go on a run in the playoffs. And like, look at San Diego. It seemed like they were just going to sort of cruise in and felt like maybe they took off the last game and we, we win 4 nothing. I'll tell you what, there was there was signs they were troubling, and guess what? First round, they get blanked, and they're out. So it's an at-home against RGV, right? So you, you're not always guaranteed just because you have a, a really good season for three-fourths of it that you've got to really peak at the right time. I do think more of the USL championship teams are going to take a look at what Sacramento did in the Open Cup last year and and kind of strive to do something a little different because I think even though, like, maybe this is me being in our Sacramento bubble, but it does feel like I know San Antonio won the title in the USL championship, but it doesn't seem like it was at the same level, just media attention and, world, and national attention as it was going to the Open Cup final, right? It wasn't not even close. Yeah. I mean, Sacramento was talked about globally. San Antonio yeah. was not. And so uh, that is very true. I think you're going to see some of these lower division teams go, oh, we're going to, not that they haven't put in you know, effort, but they might take it even more serious and have their stars out there and say, hey, look, we might take a, a loss or a, just a point if we can during regular season if we're doing okay in the standings. So hopefully we can make a run in the U.S. Open Cup. I think on the other side, what we saw MLS teams are maybe starting to pay a little bit more attention to. That was sort of a wake-up call. This wasn't going to be a rollover, which is going to be two MLS teams. So I think overall the U.S. Open Cup is just going to be better this year. And yeah. hopefully we're on another great run. I mean, how awesome would that be to say back-to-back, back, here we come? Man, it gets me fired up. I, uh, I'm i excited. Obviously, we got the uh, <clears throat> the second-round match coming up. I think the we just got that team and also uh, date. Uh, confirmed, which is great. So that's coming up. I think it's the first week of April. So that'll be that'll be exciting. It'll also be a good chance. I would imagine that first game. You know, it's the same thing that Sacramento can do in that Open Cup that they that MLS teams did. Like, you know, how many guys are you going to play that first round? That's yep. going to be interesting. How much do you rotate? It's a midweek game. I think last year it was pretty much the eleven in that first game, and they went up six nil on U twenty three Portland Timbers or four nothing in the first half. And um, and they never looked back, and they took it very seriously, and kind of kept that momentum throughout the tournament. Almost lost us to uh, to the Fuego in in round three, but right. I'm very interested to see kind of how Sacramento handles it uh, this time around as well. It's hard to win games, 
right? Yeah. And it's not a seven-game series. And so a lot of things have to go your way. And every championship team, whether it be the NCAA or you know the NFL, any single elimination type tournaments, you're going to find a lucky bounce here and there. That's just going to go your way. And those are the teams that end up at the end, you know, with the trophy in their hand. Well, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I like our predictions. So we're going to say we got a, top, a tier A is those five teams. And then you mentioned your, your tier B and then tier C. So I think uh, we'll take a look, see how right you are. I think like you were, I think you were pretty much spot on. Last pretty year. close. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, and then I will say this. I think in this setup in 2023, it's going to be very hard if teams go five to seven games and you only pick up two to three points in that span, You're, I think you're just out. Yeah. Unless there's one team that or two teams that just completely run away with it and it keeps everyone balanced. But if you go on any kind of winless streak, I just don't see how you're going to be able to bounce back. There's, you're, no one's going to go in and start rattling off eight in a row i mean of course it can happen it's going to be quite rare it used to be a little bit more commonplace three or four years ago you could see teams win multiple games in a row i don't know if you're going to see that this year it's definitely something to look out for um it's going to be a big year fun year year 10 and uh hopefully a lot more memories uh we'll we'll hear uh rob McAllister's calls for um there's been some good ones over the years, man. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining, man. And we will see you on the call tomorrow night. Thank you. Thanks to Rob McAllister for jumping on. You can catch him on the broadcast tomorrow night, Fox 40, fox40.com, ESPN+. Plus. All of the various platforms with Adam Moffitt calling tomorrow's game. They'll have a special guest coming up at halftime. For that, Chairman and CEO Kevin Nagel will be on the broadcast. So excited about that. A lot of good things happening. Very excited. Big match tomorrow against San Diego. They're currently atop the Western Conference with six points early on in the season. Sacramento with four. So good early season test. That's coming up tomorrow. We appreciate for your support of this podcast. And as always, go Republic!